We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNBR Nuggets podcast. I am your host, Adam Mares, and I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Brendan Vogt. I'm still not used to you saying DNBR Nuggets podcast. I know I work there, but I, I, I can't. Oh, because you've listened to me for so long on the other podcast. Well, yeah, I was going to say because you've had me on a couple times and we're friends. I was going to say the lock, welcome to the Locked On Nuggets pod. Ah, but um, but you didn't. No, man, no. we are we are off to as good of a start as the Nuggets were <laughs> yeah. in, the, in this one. The Nuggets today's episode of the show, of course, everybody presented by Total Beverage. Um, don't let this offer pass you by. Order today, receive thirty percent off of your purchase of seventy five dollars or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home. Get it delivered. Yeah, make some delivery boy drive through the snow. <laughs> you know, kick your but, feet up. But tip, honestly, use the total yeah, beverage. Do don't tip. go out. If you, you know, don't go out. They will deliver to you. Maybe a delicious, like hot cidery drink or something like that. Um, but but yeah, use the app. It's really cool. Um, so today's episode of the show is on. A disappointing game. The Nuggets have been flirting with disaster yeah, for yeah. four straight games. Mm-hmm. And they almost did it. They almost like pulled it off, and it actually would have been kind of hilarious if they did because this was a game they had no business winning, and they fall. I'll get to the score. I see you have something to say. But they fall to the Mavericks 109-106 at home. Is there any chance that a big-picture process-oriented coach like Michael Malone is almost relieved that they lost? That's Relieved isn't the right word, <laughs> but a part of him gets to coach now, gets to point to the bad habits he's seen through three games and say, hey, that's not good enough. And, and maybe sometimes a player needs to see a loss to, to wake up. I love that thought. But no. <laughs> I love the optimism. But no, here's what, here's what I think. I, I think you are onto something. But it would have been if they would have just gotten their butts kicked. Right. I yeah. think this lo- this close loss is more of the like, well, we almost had them. We did everything right minus one thing, which is kind of true. They they could have done one extra thing yeah, sure. and, and got it. Um, but I think it's going to take that like blowout game where it's like we are just not very good right now or we haven't gotten this thing going. And that wasn't tonight. Tonight was, again, this, I do feel like all four games have gone the exact same way. And I talked about this on Lockdown Nuggets yesterday that the Nuggets are really talented. And they were winning on talent because their floor is so high. They yeah. can give a C-minus effort yep. and beat like half the league. Yeah. Tonight they gave a C-minus effort and almost won. But Dallas is Dallas is in Phoenix, right? I mean, I mean, who knows how good Phoenix is? But I would actually say that Dallas is as good as Phoenix. But Denver was 
just slightly just worse. Slightly worse. Yeah, a little enough. bit worse. Jokic wasn't in an emotional slump, which we're trust me, we're gonna get to that. Do you get the sense though that I mean, we talked all throughout training camp. All right, these guys are unbothered, unworried, almost waiting for April. Is that is that the problem Ooh, now? Are they are they? No. Is there a lack of you know? Do they no, just not care? I don't. I don't think that's it. I, I think that. So what's interesting about the NBA? The season's 82 games, and you're right that every single game it doesn't matter. Is that There's not the sense of urgency or whatever. But the one thing that I have noticed or that I've learned from covering this league for so long, those games, the season is all a tune-up. You, you right. learn all these. It's almost like um, <laughs> you're collecting badges along the way to use a video game. You do this in video games, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah that's how video yeah, games yeah. work. You have to collect all these little badges, and it's like, okay, they learned to do this. They overcame. They went through that adversity. They overcame it, and... Um, that's what that's all the regular season the wins the losses whatever it's like what did you learn along the way and Denver I think has a lot to learn every team does I was wondering the optimist in me was also watching this game and and in these first four games really and wondering is there a silver lining in Denver learning how to win games when Jokic doesn't care or can't right. be the best player on the floor that might be a lesson they have to learn so Jokic well actually I want to start here this is, I had this written down and I really want to do this I have a bunch of topics here and I don't care where we're going to start so I'm going to ask you okay. number 1 what was the biggest take or takeaway from from this one Jokic, where do you feel like we should start Jokic looks like he can't be bothered and so we're going to start I'm with Yoke. I'm going to go right in. All things start with Yoke, good or bad. That's true. And I think there are going to be a lot of, of micro-scale critiques tonight that if you take the bigger picture, 82 games, they're not really relevant. Like, yes, maybe Michael Porter Jr. could have been worth two points in situation X. Um, but to me, it just comes down to Denver's going to have a hard time winning games if Jokic doesn't care. And and it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't care as strong, yeah, it's, but it's too strong. It's too strong. Yeah. But his defensive effort seems to reflect that. I mean, he he's been borderline borderline useless on that end. Yeah. So here here we go. Um, a lot of you did not see this game because it wasn't on television, and I think most people did not see it, which is its own absurdity. But Jokic tonight has ten points, ten rebounds, ten assists. He's four of eight shooting, three steals. Like, on paper, that's not bad. And then he was a plus 15, which, by the way, was a team high. Surprise, surprise. So you look at this and you go, how could this be Jokic's fault? Literally every indicator is that he was great and and he, you know, carried the team. And look, we grade Jokic on a curve. He can get a triple-double in his sleep, and tonight he got one in his sleep. Right. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you want to say, that's cool, man, but maybe wake up. Yeah. And when you say wake up, here's what you really mean. It wasn't so much like... He wasn't aggressive. I mean, eight shots. He right. didn't have anybody on the court that could guard him. There was nobody on the court that could guard him tonight, and he didn't even really seem to try. But then more important than that, Jokic is very um, demonstrative. You can always kind of see. Like, he doesn't hide his emotional right. state right. well. And tonight, he moped up and down the court. He moped on the bench when he was on yep. the bench. When there was timeouts, we looked at We nudged each other at one point saying, like, look at him. Look at him sitting on the bench like he's throwing a fit. And even in the big moments of the game – it was like everybody else was feeling this pressure and feeling this moment of like, here we go, it's time to go. And he was kind of like, yeah, you guys do that. Yeah, that's the funny thing is even in games where Jokic is infamously lethargic or passive or whatever, in the final five minutes he usually is not, right? I mean, yeah. how many times has he been giving a subpar effort and then he turns it on in the last five, six minutes and it's like, wow, no one can stop him. Right. Didn't see that urgency tonight. And then also on the defensive end, Adam, I do think there like there are times on fast break where he's not even trying to pick someone up in transition, just running under the basket and standing. And I, you know, maybe I'm being too hard on, but I say all this simply because 
he's their best player. He's the first team All NBA center. He's got to lead by example. And when you, when your team is is in a close, winnable game, I do think more than execution matters. I think body language matters. I think confidence and vibes matter. I go back to this. I go back to two things. The first is Misko Reznatovic, which is his agent, manager, whatever you know, back in Serbia. One of the guys that really discovered him, actually, I think the guy that discovered Jokic, and he had a quote when we were over at Denver Stiffs, translated a, an interview that he had in Serbian that basically said he was the weirdest or the most unique prospect they've ever had because there were days when Jokic couldn't be bothered to play basketball. Right. And they were like, we've never seen, like, usually when we get players and prospects, that they're, they're so motivated that that was never a thing. And some days Jokic just didn't want to be part of practice. He didn't want to be there. And it always stuck with me because... You might think like, okay, this is a young thing, but I don't, I don't know that it is a young thing with him. I think it just might be who he is. It might. So people throw out all these theories about like, it, you know, a winter storm, and he has I don't remember the winter blues or something right, like yeah. that, which I guess is a real thing. I don't, I don't really, I don't want to like undermine it, but like that's how. So when we're saying this, we're not the only ones here playing body language doctor. Like no, everybody yeah. in the arena tonight, and everybody that was watching on an illegal stream online was saying <laughs> the exact same thing to us about trying to come up with theories for why Jokic looks like his dog died. And yeah, that's the thing. I, that's why I feel like I misspoke when I say doesn't care. Right. He actually looks like he cares. He looks like he's upset. Yes. But, but, but in about the, what? But about what? And in the past, sometimes, I think with Jokic, we've inferred yes. that, that it is, in fact, on the court things. Yeah. I think Jokic I think sometimes plays in protest of yes. certain decisions by teammates or, or his coach. Do, do you have any, any theories on what that could be through four games? Yeah. I, you know... I have said for a while that this offense just seems – it almost seems like the offense gets worse every year. Like the talent gets better, so maybe it disguises it, but the offense gets worse. It gets – you think about this. My f- catchphrase, the ball is popping, right? This is the thing I always say. I almost never say it anymore, and it's a weird thing. I think there's a growing disparity between, from an aesthetic standpoint offensively, the ideal Denver Nuggets yes. that we all put on the league pass rankings right. every year in the preseason – and the team we've seen on the court. There yeah. are times where they're not fun to watch if you, when those are your expectations. Yeah, and that's how I would and that's how I would put this is I do I always feel like Jokic has this there's the right way to play the game. He can play a lot of different styles. This mm-hmm. isn't about like this one type of offense. It's just more about like a theory of offense. Like no matter what the circumstance, there are good and bad choices out right. of it. And it seems like Sometimes he feels as though they're being asked to do something, whether it be a lineup, whether it be just the style of plays or, or the spacing on the court, whatever it is, it just feels like there's sometimes where it is wrong. And maybe that's what he talked a little bit tonight about. You always try to like read the hints, right? You read the tea leaves with him. And he did talk a little bit tonight about just like not moving enough, like not the offense isn't where it's supposed to be, but you know, whatever. And I don't know. So if I had a theory, everybody has a theory, a tinfoil hat theory. If I had one, it's that he likes playing in this rhythm offense, and the Nuggets just don't have anything close to that right, right now. Yeah, but who's? I mean, that's got that's on the players, right? That's just on the starters. I mean, do you think Malone's not telling them to move more off the ball? I mean, I, so first of all, I don't think it. I don't <laughs> think it's like any coaching them not to do a certain thing or whatever. Right, but, right, right. But maybe I, I have said this for a while, and I, and I should say usually when I do a, a podcast after a game, I've watched the game twice, and that sure. second time was always the most. Coaches say this. Michael Malone says it all the time. Like I don't see anything the first time I watch the game. You have to go back and watch it to really know. And that's how. That's why I rewatch every game. Haven't done that. That being said. You know, there is a lot of just predict, uh, you know, the Nuggets are predictable. I always say, and maybe I'll do some breakdowns on this on DNVR. I think it's much more of a visual thing than anything. But I always say, 
they in a flow option or offense, there should be a thousand different reads right. on any given possession. Right. I feel like the Nuggets routinely make the exact same ones, and that and you're fine. Go a bit. That they make the exact same three or four different types of reads out of every scenario, and I and that creates the predictability. So it's not so much about what's being called; it's about the tendencies that sure. they have refined over over a period of time. And so is that is that Jokic looking around and just saying like, "Come on, guys! Like this isn't the way we play. You have to be moving." It's not about a play call or a set. It's just about. It's the golden rule he told Michael Porter Jr., right? If you're not moving, you're wrong. Or yeah. if, you're, if you're standing around, you're wrong. You guys rock. What an awesome podcast. <laughs> Hi, Katie Wingy of Altitude. Um, that was so distracting. I have no idea. I have no idea. No, yeah. no, no, no. I, th- I, don't, I think sometimes we put like very literal cerebral things to what might just be a feel. Like, I don't right. think Jokic is like, this is what should happen, this X, 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 and X. It's more about collectively, we are not doing the thing that is us. So isn't... The obvious follow-up, right, and, and room for growth and, and Nikola as a best player on a team is tell them that, communicate that in ways that maybe are, are more verbal, more direct, and less passive and demonstrative. Or like, oh, for you sure. Know, he's definitely passive-aggressive in ways that like, are, are very harmful for your leader. Yeah, like I doubt he's pulling guys aside and actually articulating these things. He just seems to, to throw his shoulders up. Or his and maybe up. this is a thing for Malone. I mean, again, we're, we're, we're kind of getting a little bit out, out into the weeds on this, but... You know, Peyton Manning ultimately became the offensive coordinator for the teams he was on. And I think that Jokic, mm. everybody respects that he's smart enough. But maybe there is something, like, to him being in the, hey, this is what we need to do. I know yeah. you have your ways. I respect it. But this is a moment where I need to put my foot down and say, this is what we need to do. And maybe there's something like that. But here's the point I was going to make. So earlier I said that there were two things I always call back to. That first one was that quote from Misco about how some days he just wants nothing to do with basketball. The second is from two years ago with Kevin Durant in this locker room just just down the hall where I asked him about Jokic, and he was like, he's a talented player. And he gave him a lot of props. He's like, he's a really talented player. But the thing now for him and the thing for all super – the thing that separates – talented players from superstars mm. is that they understand that their team needs them every single play every single night and right. and i remember when he said that thinking he's talking to Jokic through the media almost yeah. like yeah. you know a little pro tip or whatever but Jokic isn't that guy right now and it is a real i think thing that differentiates him from a lot of your elite talent and it differentiates we see this with we saw we've seen this with Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Town, other great bigs where they wax and wane with their effort, focus, sure. joy, whatever. And to me, it is a skill that he has to learn. Now that we've expounded this and fleshed this out all the way, that's all to say you know, I'm not really concerned. Correct. Game four, yeah. right? But yeah. if you're trying to break down maybe what's looked funky through four games, that's that's my guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is these are these are all opinions following a loss that is game four in October. Not, not anything to like sound the alarm on. But I do think that is a big part of Jokic's development going forward. It's just that it's not about some nights I'm just not on and I can't be – I'm just not feeling it tonight. Yeah, it's yeah. what do I do when I'm not on right. and how do I get on more often than not? And these are things that you just I, – I think a person in life has to learn, but a player I think even more so. It is – and I don't want to linger on this too long, but it, but it is – no matter what you have to say about his approach to basketball being too passive shot selection, you watch that game and you just think, we've seen you do this too many times yeah. for you to just not try. You know, exactly. you, you can't tell us that this isn't what the team needs right now. And and maybe there's that's something he needs to learn. So Jokic, 10-point 10, 10 triple-double, three steals, 50% shooting, plus 15. Sucked. 
<laughs> that's true, right? Maybe that's the big takeaway. He can't be stopped. That is that is the big takeaway. You know, another takeaway. It was freezing cold out there today. Oh, I'm cold right now, dude. You're I'm cold shivering. inside. I know. I'm not looking forward to this drive home, but. It's not exactly the perfect time to crack open an ice-cold Colorado core. Yeah, I guess the seasons have turned a little bit, haven't they, Adam? <laughs> how, how the tables, how the turn tables. Colorado core, more of a spring-summer ale, but you know what? I, I don't need any excuses to drink any type of Brett Brew at any point in the calendar year. That's, that's very true. Actually, you know what beer I think everybody wants wanted to drink tonight? A vanilla porter oh, junior. Oh, man. <laughs> We did not get any Vanilla Porter Juniors. Michael Malone hoarding all of the Vanilla Porter Juniors. Let's turn this entire thing Let's just into an MPJ Vanilla oh. Porter Junior read slash complaint. I was, I was thinking if there was any way we could use puns in every single beer to explain the game tonight. No yeah. Vanilla Porter Juniors. You know, the Colorado core was good, <laughs> but the, uh, the bench core the bench core was yep. not very oatmeal stout. Oh, my God. Their defense was not very oatmeal style. I wish this was a live stream so I could watch our numbers just, <laughs> just, just, just dive. Um, you know what, though? If, <laughs> let's see if I can get this one. I'm trying to nail it. Um, you know, there, did anybody have... Oh, Paul Millsap. Yeah. When he went in for that dunk, he Ooh. really that he really strawberry skied up there. Oh my goodness! Is that crazy. terrible. Yep, he strawberry skied. He turned back time. He did. Turn did back not time. know. I think he celebrated because he was just pleasantly surprised that he could still do that. Yeah. Um. I guess that's all that we have here. Um. There was a point though in that second quarter where I thought things really started to avalanche ail on them. Oh my god. How long I don't is this know. Read? I don't know what was ailing the team at that moment, but uh, it really <laughs> avalanched on them. Oh, I just didn't think they were hoppy enough out there. You just got a little more Uh Anyway, thank you so much to Breckenridge Brewery, who's like an awesome partner and allows us to do these really cool live reads. Because honestly, this is so much more fun than like BSing about some company we don't love. We actually do love anybody that's watched our live show, and you can catch the next one on Thursday. Knows that we are not just, what is the word for the hair club? I'm not just a spokesperson. I'm also a client Isn't that what they I say? have no does, idea what you're talking about does anybody am i is this an old reference the hair club for men good good chance that it is buddy. <laughs> probably anyway we are not just a spokesperson for breckenridge we are also clients we we truly enjoy drinking well their beer and everything that they we're uh, not drunk for. right now it seems like it, it does seem like it we're not um so sweet let's move on <laughs> If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US 
wines. I find them extremely helpful in in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast with my guy, Brendan Vogt. We are in the bowels of Pepsi Center and uh, the Nuggets have just dropped their first game of the season. I was kind of hoping they'd go 82-0. I, it was on the table. It was. It's like they're not even playing well. 81-1. and mm, What a letdown. I'm actually, now that you said that, I'm glad they. I'm glad there's a loss already. Really? Yeah, so I don't have to like watch that team that's not executing like hold on for, to an yeah, undefeated record true. for dear life. Oh, that's true. It's an 82-game season. Yeah, it um, is a long season. Um, I should also pump our merch. We have some really cool merch uh, up on the site right now. The, um, the, They're in. The Don't Skip Step shirts restocked. That was sold out. But, yeah, we uh, sold so many of those so quickly. But those are back in stock, I haven't man. seen one at Pepsi Center, though. Somebody needs to come up and say hi to us in Section 144 so I can see you wearing our beautiful shirt. Yeah, if you own that shirt, you're going to a home game, wear it, come say what up. We'll put you on the internet. We will put you on the internet. We'll make you famous. Um, all right, let's go to the next take. Do you have another another big take? I agree with you, by the way. Emo- Jokic's emotional funk is the biggest takeaway from this. Yeah, I really think that's all you can look at game four. And yeah. Other than that, it's all stuff that ebbs and flows, right? To me, there's a second really, really big take, and that was that the bench was absolutely abysmal. Yes. And I yeah. will say, so we're starting to see some themes here. And one of the themes we're seeing is that Malone is going with these – Hockey rotations, there's a little bit of overlap, but not that much. Four guys, five guys at a time. And that's why when you look at the box score tonight, plus 15 from everybody on the starting unit except for Harrison Murray, who are plus 12 and plus 11 respectively. Mm. And the bench, minus 18 from everybody except for Monte Morris and Malik Beasley, who are 13 and 16. You get these hockey rotations, that second unit, I don't... What is it? Is it not clicking, or is it something else? I have no idea, but that should be their biggest weapon, shouldn't it? There was a moment when they first checked in, and I put this on Twitter. I was like, oh, Denver's bench can throw some haymakers. And they were like a plus six because they went on this big run. And after that moment, they just got demolished. Demolished. I, I don't know, man. It, it, I guess this, I do understand why some fans can look at that and say, oh, let's just play Michael Porter Jr. Right. I mean, if no one's going to get a, a, you know, a good shot attempt up, we might as well have the talented ISO scorer in there. So if you look at it tonight, an offensive rating and defensive rating are dumb indicators on a 15-minute sample size because literally a team can make like one more three and bump that up by like five points. Um, but tonight, it was actually defensively. They got scored on a lot, that second unit. They really did, and... For me, that's why, like, first of all, obviously you can't turn to the guy who hasn't played yet at all in like, right. a one-point game. But to me, that's why I'm hesitant on, like, the MPJ is the big takeaway from tonight. It's like, well, how much better do they look defensively with him in there? Um, but also, I mean, I think Monte Morris has struggled. He has. And, and he, I think he was the difference in that bench last season from he, the season yeah, prior. You're right. And I, I just think it all starts with him in the second unit. Yeah, he hasn't looked himself, and I've I've put this out, I've speculated on this, 14 minutes for him. I, I do think that's a, such a huge reduction. The only thing, though, is that he just didn't take any time to get into rhythm last season. He just yeah. seemed like such a drag-and-drop player. Game one, he was ready. And so, like, if I he would have been my preseason guess as the last guy that would have been affected by minutes. Yeah. But, but maybe you're right. Maybe there's something to that. Whatever it is, this bench hasn't looked good. And you mentioned the MPJ thing. I guess let's save that for a second. Sure, sure. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, you know, the other guy, Jeremy Grant, 0 for 5 from the field today, four of those being three-pointers. Um, he, the last two games, has really fallen off a cliff. Do you know what his three-point percentage is on the season? Do I don't. 
Oh, I thought that you let, set me no, up like yeah, I was going to yeah, get it. Yeah, I mean, no, I, can look I actually this up. was asking you. Yeah, I don't, but it can't be good. I mean, any first of all, four games in, anytime you go 0 for 5 in a game, your right. numbers are probably bad. What was the number in OK? I mean, we know he shot 39% from the floor overall from beyond the arc, but didn't he shoot 40% from the corners? Was there something? I don't remember. I don't remember, to be honest I, with you. One thing I'll say is he, a lot of these threes seem to be, like, above the break, and some mm. of them seem to be there's not a lot going on in this offense. And okay. I'm kind of open, so I'll shoot. Yeah, yeah. But, but a small part of me, Adam, was my mind wandered to the same place tonight because 39% for Jeremy Grant is, is amazing, but is that sustainable? Yeah, real and, and, question. And that did run through my mind tonight. 25%, one making one per game, shooting four, which is kind of a lot. He's only playing 23 minutes right now. Um, so kind of a, kind of a, a lot. But it's, it wasn't just that. I think you mentioned the offense. Like, yeah, why is he finding himself only in those situations? Right. I mean, part of Jeremy Grant is not a huge high usage player, but sometimes players like that are a good barometer for how good your offense is because is he getting dunks? Is he getting, like, cuts? Exactly. And no, the answer is no. He's right. getting only three-pointers. And you would have thought that on a bench with Monte Morris, he would get the ball in more advantageous positions. But yeah. it does seem like he's trying to save broken possessions. So I do want to reserve doubt about that jumper until, you know, he's, he slides into a team the way Jeremy Grant should. I would love to see that second unit play a lot faster. And Will Barton hinted at this actually t- tonight. Um, he was asked after the game with, like what if they, what they would change, and he said, I- "I'd like to see us speed up our offense a lot." That's probably that's one of them. That's one of the things. This idea of this half court offense. Nuggets are good at a half court offense, but you're at altitude. Get out and run. Run these guys off the court. Yeah, and you know Malone said, you know, in a vacuum, he always wonders like, well, what does pace correlate to? Right? Does it equal yeah. wins? No, and, and so. Sure, I get where he's coming from, but but how about just your team in a vacuum? Sure, seems like they play better when they play fast. It's funny, man. In the regular or in the preseason and leading up to the preseason, we heard nothing about like, you know, sometimes the bench beats the starters and the third string can beat the the first string or whatever. And like, we're already four games in, and now two games in a row, it's kind of been like, man, the bench just does not look at all like on the same level as the starter. I mean, the starters had a bad night tonight and dominated. So what's so, I mean, you're the X's and O's guy. You're, we're only four games in. How worried or concerned can you, are you, be about the bench? I think, I, so here are my concerns with it. I want, I mean, and some of this, I, I have to always ask myself how much of this is stylistic versus how much is this, like, I think it's the smart thing. But I would like to see these more in, mixed up lineups. Yeah. Like, we know yeah. Jokic and Millsap is great. We just know that combination is good. Is there value to letting the Jokic-Grant lineup get a lot more run? Is there... A, advantage to putting out some of your pure offensive lineups i do feel like denver goes to a lot of first of all they go to a lot of the like starters and bench all lineups but when they do combine it's okay we're gonna put Jokic and jeremy grant out there but we're gonna throw tory craig in the mix like just no leaning into this is our offensive lineup the team we're going against has nothing to combat you know maybe we're not worried about their offensive punch to me, I, I just want, I want to see a lot more of that from the Nuggets. Why, if we're role playing and we're in the shoes of an old school coach like Michael Malone, why not do that? I mean, what, what's what's he looking for here? Well, we've talked about this before, and again, Malone's so much smarter than all of us. It, when we question him, it, like I am about to, you know, it's not with he has a lot more information, and I know that there are certainly reasons that he would never reveal for this. Sure, 
But I do think that he is a guy, just as I am a person who has an idea of how this Nuggets team should be best, I think he has an idea of what they should be best, and that's always a defense-first team. It's, you know, and like, th- this, this was a game where the bench couldn't buy a shot. Right. And, and buy a bucket, and the offense never looked like it was flowing. They botched an offensive opportunity to tie or win the game, right. a couple of them, and his takeaway was defense. Right, you know? exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, I, I just, I think being a principled person in life is important, but you have, those principles have to be flexible. And, and, and like, so yes, sometimes you want to instill defense in this idea of we can win games ugly, but we're four games in, they've all been ugly. Right. And sometimes, right. At some point you need to say like, Don't oh, you want to look pretty? And, and also just... Sometimes a team gets energy. This is Scott Hastings' big point. Sometimes a team gets energy from their offense. Right. And that offense clicks for the defense. And maybe part of that is what we're seeing even with Jokic. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we're trying to turn Jokic into Rudy Gobert, like, he's not going to have a lot of fun. Like, if you were a defensive team. No, Jokic yeah. is an offensive player. Right, he can right. play defense, but he's an offensive player. Let's, let's lean into that offense. And I just think one way you can probably jump stop this team is to give Jokic a few different looks that he hasn't had yet. Throw out the Beasley. Um, I mean, we'll get to MPJ soon, but the Beasley, even the Wanchos, throw out some Jeremy Grant. Throw out some lineups where it's like, okay, this is a different look. Let's see how it does. I do. I am sure the logic is just stick with these guys because the offense will come. And this right, is a team yeah. that that good, it, it requires a nagging mm-hmm. daily focus to to care about defense. Seems like it's gotten over in the minds of guys like Paul Millsap, even Will Barton, but Jamal Nicola, these they maybe need to be reminded of that every day. Yeah. And like so long as look, if we trust our talent on offense and the focus is on defense, then that's why the baseline's higher now because we still can win those games. But also, don't you want to? Isn't that why you walked into the playoffs and you had no options outside of a two-man game? Right. Don't you want the offense to be flowing and clicking by the time that comes? You know, there is one way that I think the Nuggets can really jumpstart all of this. And that is to play a player that is known to be an incredible offensive weapon, Michael Porter Jr. We'll take a break here for a second, but when we come back, of course we're going to talk about that because you said something earlier about, like, I don't think the story is him. I think it is him. And whether he wants to be or not, it's always going to be him when there's a the bench is struggling. So let's take a break, and we'll be right back. And before we take this break, I'm going to tell you about the green solution. 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Let's get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flower concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest green solution for pickup. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That's DNVR20 to get 20% off. All right, Brennan, so let's get into this then. Michael Porter Jr. still has not played. We're four games in. Let me just say this. Three games into the preseason, would you have guessed we'd be here? Like at the – do we need to – No, no, no. At three games into the preseason. This was before he got basically benched for game four of the preseason. Would you have guessed we'd be four games in, he'd be fully healthy and not playing? Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm surprised by it. it, because, look, every decision is like, well, what would Michael Malone do? It did, just didn't surprise <laughs> me for a second that Michael yeah. Malone isn't playing him. So, I don't know. Look, so uh, let's flesh this out because you teased this with that's your that's the story tonight. That's your takeaway tonight. Well, here's my takeaway, if you want to know the truth. I was wondering today as the second unit was just getting demolished in the fourth quarter, what is the second unit's identity? And I came away with this. 
gritty. Tory Craig, Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant. It's a gritty right. lineup that's tough and this or that. And it's not working. But the ideal version of that is like, oh, man, this is a team that never quits. They hustle. They dive on the floor and whatever. Mm. Let's swap out Tory Craig now and throw them in. Then who, what is the identity? I think it's completely different. And it's not because Michael Porter Jr. isn't gritty, although I don't think he is a gritty player. I think he's more of a skill, smooth, whatever player. Um, but – Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, there's something there, like talent, skill, whatever. Um, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, something a little bit different. Michael Porter Jr. brings out athletic, long, Beasley, Porter, Grant, Plumley. Now you're an athletic, run and gun. So you've got a little bit of scoring, but you just have a lot of athleticism. And it's a completely different identity. So part of me wonders... What are we building towards? Like, what, is, what are the Nuggets building towards with this lineup when, in my opinion, they change so dramatically when you just swap one player? And if that, that latter lineup has a higher ceiling and is ultimately the goal you'd like to work towards, mm. then what's the delay? Yeah. And, and, and is there as much value as, as has been stated in sticking with the, the proven guys? If Why not get started on changing that identity and, and, and upping the ceiling? We've long said that this felt like a test, and some of the motives for Malone weren't anything to do with like what makes sense basketball. But, you know, one thing, when I predicted Jokic's numbers to be down, and I guess tonight I'm looking like I'm right about that, the scoring in particular, just not shooting a whole lot. Part of why I predicted that was for, like, intangible reasons. The intangible stuff matters. But sometimes I think we overthink it. Michael Porter Jr. is just better than Torrey Gregg. No doubt about it. You know, he's just good. He's just a better player. And at some point, they're going to have to go to it. And on nights like tonight, I just think that it is such a glaring distraction and elephant in the room that right. I just wonder what is the value. But the, 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 the thing is, obviously, there'd be such a weird spot to just drop him in, right? You're talking about having been going with him from the beginning. And then if, if that's the point, I just think it goes back to that test dynamic because the idea is to work towards having the best version of MPJ in our rotation. Yeah. Not just the kid who's chomping at the bit to get in and, and prove that he can score. So until we can see what Malone can see behind closed doors and we have evidence to the contrary, I'll just assume that he assumes he's not ready. And and so there's 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 more to gain there's more to gain from putting him through this test. And and maybe if MPJ is is yeah. a guy that earns his way in through grit, through hustle and playing deep. Then the scoring ability is just the icing on the cake. I don't think Tory Craig's ready. That's the one I don't have. Well, so Tory Craig tonight, a minus 18 in 11 minutes. And again, single game plus minus doesn't tell you everything, but I just don't know what he's bringing to the table. And, and especially with these lineups that look so clunky and so right. disjointed. And if you're, not, if you're not playing well on defense, the second you're not playing well on defense, then what's Tory Craig at? And I think Malone loves that first unit so much. Yeah. But a large part of me thinks, like, well, let's start mixing some of this stuff up because MPJ. Okay, yes, would he save that second unit? Probably not. But does he allow you to like give give Jokic MPJ, who he's already said he is a great cutter. He already is a very Jokic player. Give him that guy. Now send Will Barton to the second. I'm not saying not start him. Right, I'm just right. saying stagger these so that now you have Millsap and Will Barton helping that second unit that struggled so much. I just I buy the stock of of the value of making him earn it within a locker room within a, the infrastructure in terms of trying to get his mentality in the right place. I just think that's what this is all about. I think we will see him. That's the thing. Like this you know what nugget, I mean. I worry because I think this Nuggets team's floor is so high that they're going to keep winning a bunch of ugly games. It's going to be like well, or as long as we're winning, we're doing this. But look, they've been in, in now four four games through the season and they've looked good for how many minutes total? Thirty? Twenty? 20 minutes that this Nuggets team has looked good. Defensively, they've looked pretty good. But offensively? No, it's true. I hear you. 
I, ju- I just worry that this team is going to be too good for the opportunity to present itself outside of an injury. And, you know, I mean, is that what we're, is that what we're waiting for, an injury? I, I, I just – I don't – I'm pushing back on he's waiting for an injury. He's waiting for the right game. I think he's waiting for the right MPJ. And I think ah, if he feels ah, that the way MPJ I, has I res- like responded to this through four games, and this is what I've been trying to say, is – maybe immature might be the right, you know, the, the operative word or whatever, then he's not going to play him. And mm. that's what it's about, in my opinion. And you don't, you haven't heard anything from no, this. No, this no, is, of course. This is you're just kind of guessing. pure maybe speculation. That's what it was. Purely like, speculation. We've, seen, a, we've yeah. seen certain things. I mean, body language doctor again. We've seen certain things where you could tell this. And I always get people on Twitter like, of course he's frustrated. He wants to play. That's no excuse, man. Like, right. you put on a face. You have to learn this in the NBA. You and put on a face. That's exactly the point. And I, I you Hope know what I mean? Solo was like the, my favorite example of this. Do you, do you remember? Yeah. Man, she's like not a thing anymore. This no, is yeah, I remember back. Hope Solo. But do you remember like after every little thing, she, the team would win, she'd come out and question, the, and you'd just be like, man, are you about yourself here? Yeah. And it was really annoying. Yeah. MPJ's saying all the right things. I need to stress this. He said all the right things. Behind the doors, we've heard nothing but positive things about him. But we both get the sense that he's kind of doing this through gritted teeth. Yeah, I don't – it's really not hard for me to conceive of a coach like Malone. Like, we can't – we don't get to watch practice. We're not in the locker room for, for any of these conversations. But it's not hard for me to conceive of Malone looking at him and just going, this kid is not ready. This kid is not about the team. I want and, to- and, and look, when you're New Orleans or Atlanta or – it's about – grooming that guy yeah. it's about giving him what he wants right. denver's trying to win a title mpj yeah. does raise their ceiling but they have bigger fish to fry than just making him happy through through week one we all have to be just so patient i just want to say the ball's popping i don't I think i'm ever gonna say it <laughs> at this rate i'm gonna say it like what somebody had twitter put me that uh, tweeted at me the other day the ball popped <laughs> like just the once but it's true like every now and then the ball the pops. ball sunk the ball pops once and yeah. it's like oh hey Remember that? Sometimes the ball moves and it's fun and, and, and pretty. I, I, I just I think this is a downer take. The Nuggets are the Ooh, most let's the, go. the Nuggets downer. are the most overrated league pass ranking team oh, and have been for two sad. years. You might be right though. I think You're I'm right, yeah. Wrong. We yeah. all we all talk about the, the ceiling of what they'll look like together. But let me see, I'm I'm curious if Denver's five man lineup has played more minutes than anybody else. And they have. Ninety two minutes together so far through four games. Um Maybe maybe Malone. That's an interesting question for him, which we won't see him for like another five days. But interesting question for him. Just is is that is there something to mixing that lineup up? Because they are a plus thirty five, right? Which is great. But the maybe, bench is shot. You, you know what? You know my take, Brendan. What's that? This team is so many of the things that they do. Um, you're disguising the fact that Jokic is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and you can only play Jokic for so many minutes with people. And it's like, okay, the starting unit's going to play with Jokic a lot, and they're a plus 35. Of course they are. Well, that's why I don't, like, all these other conversations are fun, and MPJ is a big part of the puzzle, so I don't mean to trivialize that. But, like, I watched the playoffs last year. It kind of, what really matters is Nikola Jokic and Jamal yeah. Murray. You yeah, know, and that's, right. yep. like, we're game four. So, like, yeah, maybe they win this game if MPJ plays over 20. Yeah, that's, that's not my takeaway. Who cares? Yeah. My takeaway is, is is Nikola Jokic all okay because he looks sad. In the playoffs, that starting lineup's going to play about 35 right. minutes to game yeah. together. So. Yeah, and if MPJ's ready, he'll be in it. Yeah. I, like, I don't think, like, you know what I don't think? MPJ showing up every day, doing all the right things, saying all the right things, kicking ass in practice, clearly a better player, and Malone's just like, yeah, screw it. 
Screw the fans. <laughs> We're not doing it. Yeah, I think he's probably just seeing something else. That's so easy for me I to hate understand. how pragmatic you are right now. Yeah, I know. I feel like you won this debate. Well, it was a podcast, so I didn't know we were debating. Well, we were, well, I didn't know we were It was a conversation. Either. We just happened to have different perspectives, Mutual pursuit but now of the I truth. have yours perspective, but, but which sucks, because I don't want to have your perspective. But, but here's the counterpoint to everything I'm saying. I'm probably wrong. He's really good, and he could probably just score <laughs> just, 20. Just plug him in yeah, once, and he, really, he goes for 40. But. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this one was not fun, and the Nuggets have not been too much fun. Um, you know, for a large stretch, it's always fun when you win, but they just have been like unfun stretches that have got you to that. I want to close with this. I think we're, you know, we've all talked about how last year was going to be the sweet spot of fandom, and oh. now the expectations, and yeah. it's already less fun. I think they went 3-0, and and people were like, Malone's an idiot for these rotations. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, the bar is too Five high. Alone. The bar is too high. Uh, you're definitely right about that, but at the same time, you know, the Warriors that year when they won 67 games, the first year they broke out was a lot of fun. And let's, you just keep, you look at this Nuggets team and you do feel like there is a little bit of that potential in there because, like you said, they keep winning against some pretty good teams. And, and they're not playing well. And they're playing so terrible. And also, like, I, I've been watching other basketball around the league. Ooh. No one looks that, like, does yeah, anyone look true. that good? That's a really good point. Well, Phoenix. On. Yeah. Yeah. The Clippers lost to Phoenix. Yeah, People true. are figuring stuff out. Denver was atop the standing the leaderboard for just a minute. It was fun. If the season had ended last night. They would have been number one. Best record of all time. All right, that does it for us today, guys. It's been fun. I do want to remind you, though, before you um, turn off this podcast, we have a great week of stuff. DMBA show coming up on Friday, which we, we love doing, and I think hope you guys enjoy it as well. And then a live show tomorrow. We're going to be live streaming from DNVRHQ bringing you all kinds of cool stuff. So you're going to want to log on uh, and follow us on social media, YouTube and Twitter. And you're going to want to have your questions ready because we're going to be taking questions um, and, and interacting with the fan base. It should be a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. That's it from us. For Brennan Vogt, Adam Manez, we are Denver. Hey, DVR listeners, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee, Strava Croft, the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. Would you say Croft or Craft? It's definitely Craft, It's right? Croft? Craft? I'm thinking Craft. It's Craft. You know my wife says Baig, and now my girls say Baig instead of Bag? Baig? Baig? What language is that? I don't that? know what it is, and I don't know where she got it. But yeah, now my girls say, look at this Baig. My roommate in college used to say Bagel instead of Bagel. I oh, to, yeah, you should have punched him. I should him. have fought him, right? Um, but it's Strava Craft. I definitely am saying this one wrong. I don't know what that is. <laughs> this CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term <laughs> migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use promo code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it stri- shipped Straight to your door.